TV on Ustream, UCBS Career and Technical Education, and the District Knowledge Network. I'm your host, Bailey Mason. I'm your host, Arif Majin. And I'm your host, Angel. Did you know Elliot High Network has a new podcast and Save the Art Studio? Moccasin on Apple, iHeart, Spotify, Pandora, Google, and Amazon Music. Joining us as a guest on the show today is Assistant Attorney General Kristen Clark. Our show topic is Brown versus Board of Education. Ms. Clark, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Our first segment is Understanding Assistant Attorney General Clark. You're the first Senate-confirmed woman and first black woman to hold the role of Assistant Attorney General for Civil Rights. How do you feel leading the Civil Rights Division? First, um, let me say how excited I am to be here with all of you. Uh, The role that I play is helping to enforce our federal civil rights laws, so laws passed by Congress that touch a range of issues, everything from the right to vote to the right to housing, to the right to jobs, to the right to equal educational opportunity, to the right to be free from racial violence, free from hate crimes. Uh, It's a a great job. I'm very excited and proud to have this opportunity to help stand up to protect the civil rights of people here in D.C. and all across the country. What does the Justice Department do Why is it founded? What is the role of the Civil Rights Division? That's a great question. So the Justice Department was founded in 1870. And some of the very first cases that the Justice Department took on were cases to protect the civil rights of black people who faced violence at the hands of the KKK and other extremist groups who sought to stop black people from voting, among other things. The Justice Department is about ensuring equal justice under law for all people in our country. It's a really big agency. There are over 100,000 people that work at the Justice Department. My part of the Justice Department uh, focuses on civil rights. But there are other parts of the Justice Department, like the FBI and other divisions within the department that deal with issues like environmental justice and tax issues and crimes, uh, horrible violent crimes that happen across the country. I am very excited to have the privilege and honor of leading the part of the Justice Department that focuses on protecting civil rights for all Americans. Over the years, you have taken on many leadership roles. What are three lessons you have learned along the way? Um, I've learned that it's important to put your always put your best foot forward. Um, so whether making a presentation to classmates or people in the public or submitting a document, something that you've written, a report or you know, some kind of writing to make sure that you proofread it and make sure that it's excellent work product that you feel really proud of. So one, I'd say always work on putting your best foot forward. That's one important lesson. Another important lesson that I've picked up along the way is um, that it's important to be empathetic and to understand um, when you see something wrong that's happened, that it's important that you stand up and say something about it. 
So I know, for example, um, one thing that we see in some schools in our country is bullying, bullying of students, bullying of students who may be targeted because of their religion or their race or their LGBTQ status or because they have a disability. And that kind of bullying we see not just inside schools, but we see it on the streets. We see it in places where people work, in communities where people live. So when you see something wrong, it's important to say something about it and not to be a silent bystander, but to stand up when you see something wrong. And a third lesson that I've learned is, huh, there's so many lessons. Um, to be open-minded. One of the great things about the job that I have is that I've gotten the chance to travel to lots of different parts of the country. Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Arizona, New Mexico. So I think being open to new adventures, to seeing new places that you haven't been to, um, talking to people who you haven't engaged with before, just being open to new adventures, to seeing new places, and to doing new things. On April 16, 1963, Martin Luther King's letter for the Birmingham jail stated, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. What does Dr. King's statement mean to you? Yeah, it's such a powerful statement, and there's so many uh, statements that we often reflect on from the late Dr. Martin Luther King. But I think that that statement actually connects to the point that I was making earlier about seeing, when you see something wrong, saying something about it. And I think what Dr. King is saying there is that if there is injustice in one community, that it can have impact all across the country. Hate crimes is a good example of this. Sadly, we know that hate crimes are a big problem in our country today. And we know this because the FBI, uh, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, they track some of the data. And we've seen big increases in hate in recent years. Um, black people continue to be the group most frequently targeted. And we know that there's hate faced by Asian Americans and by people based on their LGBTQ status. And when hate crimes happen, sometimes people tend to think that these are just things that impact one person. But they actually can impact entire communities. One person targeted because they are a member of the LGBTQ community can have impact on LGBTQ people broadly who see that as an attack on their dignity and their humanity. So Dr. King, I think, was pointing out the fact that we have to always stand up and fight back whenever we see injustice because it has broad impact beyond the one place or one community or one person impacted. Um, that's to me what Dr. King is, is saying here, that it's important that we push and fight for a society where everyone is equal, where there is no injustice. We are going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This broadcast is being brought to you by Elliot Hines TV on Ustream and the District Knowledge Network. I'm your host, Jalen. I'm Jalen I'm your host, Avery. Our show topic today is Brown versus Board of Education. 
Joining us as a guest on the show is Assistant Attorney General Christian Clark. Our first segment was Understanding Assistant Attorney General Clark. Our second segment is Separate is Unequal and Unconstitutional. How does segregation by law violate the 14th Amendment in the Constitution? Such a great question. So the Constitution uh, is an important document and it contains many principles and values that make our democracy special. The 14th Amendment is one of the most important parts of the Constitution. It's about ensuring that we all enjoy equal protection under the law, regardless of race. Um, why is this so important? I think for the Brown versus Board of Education case helps to illustrate why the 14th Amendment is so important. Brown versus Board of Education was about challenging a principle that had been in place previously, which suggested that separate is equal. And we know that that's not true. And Brown versus Board of Education was about striking down the notion that separate is equal and about elevating the importance of having integration and equal access in every aspect of society. Schools, primarily, mm -hmm. but we want to ensure equal access in virtually every uh, area of our lives. The Supreme Court handed down their landmark decision in Brown versus Board of Education in 1954. What are some of the things you find most interesting about their decision? Yeah. Well, this is one of the most important rulings ever issued by the United States Supreme Court. It struck down um, the rule of separate but equal. This is a rule that had been in place since the late 1800s when the Supreme Court issued a decision in a case called Plessy versus Ferguson, which suggested that it was okay to separate the races. And um, what's so important about Brown versus Board of Education? One, the opinion was unanimous. There are nine members of the Supreme Court and this ruling was 9-0. So this was the Supreme Court unified with one voice, striking down separate but equal and ordering racial integration of our public schools, of all public schools across our country. What else was important about the case? Um, the case was argued by Thurgood Marshall, among others. And Thurgood Marshall is one of our nation's most important and storied black civil rights lawyers. Um, he argued, he presented argument to the court in this case and then went on to um, fight numerous civil rights battles across the country and from there uh, went on to become Solicitor General at the United States Department of Justice. The Solicitor General is um, the highest official at the Justice Department who handles arguments before the Supreme Court and then eventually he went on to become the first black person named to the United States Supreme Court. So Brown versus Board of Education is important for so many reasons because of the ruling that the court issued, but also because this was perhaps one of the most important victories secured by the late Justice Thurgood Marshall. Okay. The 14th Amendment guaranteed rights to all citizens regardless of color. In your opinion, why are we still dealing with racism in 2022? Yeah. We've made a lot of progress um, throughout 
the last few decades. And a lot of that progress is attributable to the sacrifice made by people who fought during the civil rights movement. Students who uh, had sit-ins uh, to fight segregation. Students who sat down courageously at lunch counters to challenge uh, policies of racial segregation. Um, students uh, and young people who marched for the right to vote. Um, so that civil rights movement helped lead to a lot of progress in our country. Because of the pressure applied during the civil rights movement, we saw Congress adopt a number of important federal civil rights laws, laws like the Voting Rights Act of 1965, the Fair Housing Act, which was passed in 1968, and more. But here we are in 2022, and we are still contending with discrimination. So I think our story in America is one of progress, but one in which every day we continue to see reminders that we've got a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do to address issues like the school-to-prison pipeline, schools that sometimes uh, funnel young people into the criminal justice system unnecessarily and because of their race. Um, issues like access to fair housing, people who may be denied access to housing opportunities because of their race. Discrimination in the job market, people who are locked out of jobs because of their race. And so at the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department, we are working every day to deal with a lot of the continued problems that we see. And uh, it's a reminder that we've got to keep pushing and keep pressing until we eliminate injustice and discrimination fully and completely from society. Yeah, um, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This broadcast is being brought to you by Alejandro TV on the stream. DCPS Career and Technical Education. And the Distant Knowledge Network. I'm your host, Amelia. I'm your host, Jalen. I'm your host, Clayton. Our show topic today is Bronze versus Board of Education. Joining us as a guest on the show, Assistant Attorney General Christian Clark. Our first segment was Understanding Assistant Attorney General Clark. Our second segment was Separate is Unequal and Unconstitutional. Our third segment is Equity and Justice in Education. Who are some other leaders inside or outside government doing important work to support equity and justice in education today? What a great question. So let's think about our federal government. We've got the United States Department of Justice but we also have some other agencies doing important work like the United States Department of Education. Mm -hmm. uh, they are working to ensure equity and fairness in schools across our country. We also have um, the Environmental Protection Agency, which is doing work to ad address some of the environmental issues that we see in communities across our country. Um, we have HUD. Uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development, which is working to ensure access to affordable housing in many parts of the country. And then we've got the White House, uh, led by President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, and they're doing important work on the policy front uh, to advance racial justice and racial equity every day. So there is a lot of work happening 
across the federal government to help promote principles of justice in our country. Outside of government, uh, I think that you can find a number of institutions that are doing important one. First, there are our public schools, which are helping to educate young people and helping to prepare them for college and helping to prepare them to be productive members of society uh, once they graduate. So we've got our schools. We have our churches that help, um, that are important places for people of faith to congregate. Uh, and those uh, houses of worship help to create a sense of community for people. And then we also have nonprofit organizations, uh, nonprofit organizations that have programs that help young people, uh, programs that help to meet the needs of elderly people, uh, and programs doing a, a whole, you know, that touch on a whole range of issues. So both inside and outside of government, I think you can find many, many examples of people and institutions that are help, helping to work make our society a better place. Brown versus Board of Education helped to start the civil rights movement. Why do you believe integration was not accepted by all citizens within the United States? Yeah, what a good question. We know that sadly, um, you know, slavery was one of the darkest moments in our nation's history. Um, and while slavery was outlawed, we're still dealing with the legacy of slavery. And part of that legacy is the idea that black people are inferior. And um, we continue to see that legacy of slavery infecting institutions in society, infecting the way people think. And so I think for far too long, the notion that um, black people were uh, inferior is what drove this need to try to keep black and white students in separate schools, drove policies that kept black and white people from living in the same communities. And we know now, um, and the Supreme Court made clear in Brown versus Board of Education that those principles of racial segregation have no place in our society today. And so Brown versus Board of Education really marked a transformative moment in our country. It's a moment where the Supreme Court shut down the idea of separate but equal and made clear that whether you're talking about schools or in other aspects of life, we are, we are all entitled to equal protection under the law. Okay. Uh, what are some of the things that the Civil Rights Division is doing to fight segregation and inequality in schools today? Yeah. Well, I mentioned bullying in schools, and we're doing a lot of work to make sure that students enjoy a safe learning environment. One example of a case that we uh, recently handled comes out of Utah, a little far from the district. But there is a school district called the Davis School District in Utah, and black and Asian-American students made up about 1% of the student population, and they were subjected to very poor treatment. There were racial slurs used uh, against the students of color. They were subject to assaults. But more importantly, the school did not do enough to protect them 
They did not investigate those incidents or respond to them. And so we investigated and put in place a settlement agreement with the school district that requires that they put in place new policies and new procedures that will help ensure that those students have a safe learning environment going forward. That's one example. I'll give you another example. Uh, we're doing a lot of work to address um, problems that we see in the criminal justice area. So we're investigating police departments that are sometimes uh, engaged in policies that are uh, racially discriminatory. Um, we're investigating police departments in Louisville, Kentucky and Minneapolis and Phoenix and other parts of the country and it's about ensuring that everyone, everyone enjoys constitutional policing in our country. I could give you other examples but those are just two examples of some of the many, many, many things that we're doing inside the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department. Do you have any personal experience with school desegregation cases? Yes. The Justice Department takes seriously the work that came out of Brown versus Board of Education. So there were school districts all across our country that had a lot of work to do to um, come into compliance with the Supreme Court's decision. School districts where black and white students may have attended separate schools. And so uh, what ended up happening is there were a number of lawsuits brought in many parts of the country to push, to push um, uh, local officials to comply with the Supreme Court's ruling. And sometimes those lawsuits led to what are called consent decrees. Consent decrees are basically settlement agreements where we map out the path that school districts have to follow to come into compliance with Brown versus Board of Education. And that may involve uh, reassigning students to different schools to ensure that they are integrated. Um, it may require changing programs inside the schools to make sure that both black and white students have access to special programs like magnet programs. And um, we have about 150, almost 150 consent decrees that we are monitoring today in 2022 because our um, work to ensure that we meet completely and fully the goals of Brown versus Board of Education is one of the most important goals that we have inside the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department. In your opinion, if something is unjust, unfair, and unequal with regards to our education, what should we do as teenagers? I talked earlier about not being a silent bystander mm -hmm. and standing up and saying something when you see injustice, and I encourage um, all young people, all students to do that. Whether you see somebody who is subject to bullying on the basis of their religion or LGBTQ status or because they have a disability, don't stand silent, say something. Report it to a teacher or an administrator. Make sure that there are not other students who are subject to that kind of bullying. Maybe there's a policy uh, inside your school that you think is unfair. 
to say something about it in a respectful way. Open up dialogue with your teachers or administrators. Get together with other students who may share your point of view and see if you can work to change or reform that policy. So in my view, there are many, many things that young people can do to promote justice and equity in the schools and in the spaces that you, you occupy. Do you have any concluding thoughts for the students at Elliott Hine? Um, first, I would love uh, to see more civil rights lawyers one day. So I hope that if any of you are interested in learning about the law, mm -hmm. that you'll think about an internship with a nonprofit organization or with a government agency that will give you a chance to learn more about the law so you can think about whether that's something that you'd like to work towards as you move on to college. Um, two, always put your best foot forward uh, and bring your A-game to whatever you do, whether that's taking a test or making a presentation, um, playing on the field. Always bring your A-game to whatever you do and um, to be a role model. To be a role model. Some of you may have younger siblings who are looking up to you or friends or family members who are looking up to you. So remember that responsibility that you bear of always being a good role model for those who may be watching and taking notes. Attorney General Clark, thank you for being a guest on our show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pr privilege to join you all today. This broadcast is being brought to you by Elliot Hines TV on Ustream. And the District Knowledge Network. I'm your host, Clayton. I'm your host, Amelia. And I'm your host, Jalen. <laughs> Have a, Have a great, great day. day.